Thanks for joining the Heights Church podcast today. We hope that you enjoy the message. If you're in the Sydney area, be sure to join us at the Heights Church at Goldston Road, Hornsby Heights, Sydney, Australia. So our scripture reading is from Luke chapter 2. So Luke chapter 2, and we're reading from verses 15 through 19, and then from verse 41 through to the end of the chapter. So Luke chapter 2, verse 15. When the angels had left them, better hit that, and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what these shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. We're fast-forwarding about a dozen years. Every year, Jesus' parents went up to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they travelled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, "'Son, why have you treated us like this?' Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? he asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favour with God and man. Yes, well, good morning, good morning, everybody, and uh, happy New Year's Eve and happy New Year for tomorrow. Uh, no, I will not be doing anything close to singing on stage. Um, absolutely not. Uh, can never see that happening. High respect for Mark for uh, being as multi-skilled as he is. Uh, this morning, uh, as I preach, uh, I'm encouraging us to do two things: reflect on the year gone past. Uh, but also think ahead about what's going to happen in the year coming. Uh, I'm hoping this morning that as I'm preaching, uh, as your mind inevitably wanders to different things, may it wander uh, to precious moments that happened for you this year. Uh, But may it do so as well with a feeling of confidence about uh, the God who gave us those moments, who's been faithful to us and who will continue to be faithful uh, in the year ahead. Uh, This sermon that I'm about to preach, it has a heading that I've put on it. The heading is Hold That Thought. Hold That Thought. And may we do that. Let's pray again. Uh, Lord, we do thank you for your faithfulness to us. We thank you for the good things that you give us. We thank you for the precious moments that we may treasure and ponder. 
uh, Lord, and we know that as we think about the good things that you've done in the past, that we can have confidence that you're going to continue to work in us and through us and for us into the future. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm not sure about you, uh, but I really enjoy Pixar movies. I really enjoy them. One of my favourite things about becoming a dad is I have sort of a valid reason to sit down and watch a Pixar movie. Well, in 2015, Pixar released an ambitious movie uh, called Inside Out, uh, where the main characters of this movie were going to be emotions inside the brain of an 11-year-old girl named Riley. Now, I would have loved to have been in that pitch meeting. One interesting aspect of the movie is the way that it portrays the importance of memories. And in particular, what the movie describes and shows as core memories. Well, according to Inside Out, core memories come from the moments in our life that stay with us. The moments in our life that have a strong and lasting impact on our values, our identity, and even our personality. What we're going to do now is we're going to watch a small clip from this movie as it explains the way that core memories work for Riley. Anyway, these are Riley's memories, and they're mostly happy, you'll notice, not to brag. But the really important ones are over here. I don't want to get too technical, but these are called core memories. Each one came from a super important time in Riley's life. Uh, like when she first scored a goal. Oh, that was so amazing. memory powers a different aspect of Riley's personality. Like Hockey Island. Goofball Island is my personal favorite. Come back here, you little now, I'm not sure that's exactly uh, how our brains uh, work. I'd like to think so. Uh, if one thing I know from having a child is the core memories that they uh, choose aren't necessarily the ones that you uh, would prefer them to choose. But if core memories do work, as the movie suggests, uh, I wonder in your life, what are your core memories? As I talk about this, what are the memories for you that come to mind? The moments in your life that have left a lasting impression on who you are. Sometimes for good and sometimes for not so good. And I wonder as we come today to the end of 2023, what are some of the core memories perhaps that you have made this year? What are some of the moments that have happened for you this year that you would like to in some way remember forever? I also wonder for us collectively as a church, what have been some of the moments for us as a church that could be counted as the core, some core memories for the Heights Church to treasure and ponder and put into the memory vault. Mark talked about some of those moments over Christmas. Perhaps they are some of those. Well, our Bible reading this morning tells us of a moment 
when I think Mary was processing some very core memories. We pick up the story right after she had given birth to Jesus when some shepherds arrive and these shepherds are raving about an angel and its message that the long-awaited son of David had been born that night and that they had been directed to find the new Messiah baby in the very manger that little Jesus lay. And we're given a fascinating contrast, I think. The shepherds, very energetic, talking a lot, uh, begin to broadcast this amazing thing that they'd heard and seen, with the people amazed at what the shepherds were saying. Lots of energy, lots of excitement, lots of interest, lots of noise. And then the text says in verse 19, uh, our key verse for this morning, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. As you read the text, there's an important transition there from the high energy uh, of the shepherds and what they're doing to Mary. Because it doesn't say, uh, and Mary, it, it turns the story with a but Mary, a big but, an important but. But Mary began to treasure and ponder. And it's designed that way by Luke so that we, as we consider this story, uh, not only identify with the shepherd's passion and excitement, but that we would also be invited to share with Mary's more quiet response to the Christmas story unfolding around her. And there are two deep thinking actions for Mary for us, I think, today, this morning to consider. She treasured and she pondered. Well, the idea behind Mary treasuring these things is that she captured the moment. Now, we, in the year 2023, I think sometimes we try and capture the moment in all the wrong ways. We disengage from the experience and what do we do? We pull out our phone and think, if I just get a photo of this, a video of this, then I will capture the moment. That's not what Mary does. No, she takes a moment internally to pause and to hold carefully in her mind what was happening around her. She almost is taking a moment to deliberately imprint this moment upon her memory. I remember a moment when I was in year seven and my teacher was teaching class about learning and memory and our teacher, out of nowhere, he asked us, the whole class, to immediately stand on top of all of our desks. He said, get up on your desk, stand on them. And he said, you're going to stand on your desk for 60 seconds. And as we were up there, just looking around at each other, all standing on our desks, our teacher said, I am going to suggest right now in this moment that over the course of your life, no matter where you are, no matter how old you get, that you will remember this exact moment forever. He said, you'll forget everything else that happens today, but you'll remember this moment forever. Something about just saying that to us left a memory in my mind, and I've never ever forgotten that moment. It imprinted on my mind. 
he was right. And while I wouldn't call it a core memory that changed who I was, I remember that moment clearly. It was imprinted deliberately. And this is what Mary was doing when she was treasuring up those moments. She wasn't letting them slip past her. She was hiding them away for easy and frequent recall. She was valuing the moments and giving them their worthy contemplation. I wonder as we consider 2023, as we consider uh, the things that have happened to us this year, as we consider the things that God has given to us this year, what are the things that we would want to hide away for easy and frequent recall? What are the moments that we would like to imprint on our minds so that we do not forget them? Well, the other deep thinking action that is described uh, of Mary is that she pondered. She was pondering. She thought very deeply about all that was happening. She mulled it over. She put all the pieces together. She connected the dots. And you have to consider everything that Mary had gone through. And I don't just mean the childbirth moment. I mean everything. All the way back to a moment when God turned her life upside down, when an angel came to her and said from Luke chapter 1, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Can you imagine being young Mary and an angel comes to you with this proclamation? It says all the way back in Luke 1 about Mary that she was greatly troubled at the angel's words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. And she questioned how this could happen. And finally, she says in Luke 1.38, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. I think we can, even at Christmas time, underestimate how much this would have made Mary's life a nightmare socially. She was betrothed to Joseph, an institution that we don't have today, but the basic understanding of it, it is slightly more than engaged, slightly less than married, and it's a period of life where you do not want to be unfaithful to your partner. To do so would be despicable, scandalous. And so Mary, not only in this moment, accepts what God's telling her, she's accepting that there are going to be moments where she has to try and explain herself to people. She has to explain herself to Joseph even, to her family, and to what would have been absolutely a very judgmental and disbelieving society. She had to say to them, look, it's, it's not what you think. God did it. An angel came to me, this whole story. And you can imagine just how these claims and conversations would have occurred. And you can imagine the exasperation and the disbelief by those that she tried to tell. And the story indicates that Joseph didn't believe her. He planned to divorce her quietly. And we're told that Joseph was a good man. But we shouldn't get the idea that Joseph was in love with Mary and that he stayed for love. The marriage would have likely been an ordinary transactional uh, arrangement between the families. So upon the news that his wife was suddenly pregnant, he decided, okay, this is my out. Time to move on. There is uh, a, a reason, I think, why Joseph needed an angel to come to him as well. But still, it's not like everyone in the town, everyone in the community got an angel. 
explaining to them exactly what had happened. And if you have ever felt isolated, misunderstood by those around you, by your community, by a community, you can only imagine Mary living in a relatively small community. You can bet that everyone was pointing, everyone was whispering, everyone had an opinion. Mary had an almighty disruption to her scheduled and expected program of life. I think many of us also in our lives have had or still have an expected program of life. We think, okay, I'll do this, I'll have that. If I, if I follow the right steps, I'll be successful and interesting and complete. If I do this, then this will happen, then this will happen, then this will happen in terms of family and career and finances and success and reputation. We have a picture in our minds sometimes of how it's all going to go. Perhaps you had an idea in your mind about how 2023 was going to go. We don't have to be merry to know that these programs, these plans in our minds don't always and won't always go the way that we expect and hope, especially I think sometimes if you are a follower of Jesus. If you're a follower of Jesus, we cannot expect our plans to go the way that we think they're going to go because we know that they don't. And I absolutely didn't for Mary. Instead of a quiet life, she was instead told by an angel, you are going to give birth to God's son. And so nine months later, Mary sat by the manger as we celebrated at Christmas. She sat considering all of this Christmas story and imagery that was happening around her. And we are told that she pondered it all. She pondered the words of the ancient prophets who had promised the Messiah, the words of the angel, the divine conception. She pondered Joseph's initial reaction to divorce her and his change of mind. She pondered the loss of her reputation, the loss of her plans. She pondered an emperor's decree and she pondered her trek to Bethlehem. And most of all, she pondered the little baby boy laying in a feeding trough while the shepherds were excitedly declaring what they had been told. Can you feel the chaos in her world and how uh, awesome it is and how much it's worth us replicating our lives that her decision to just ponder what God was up to? In the chaos, in her pain and fatigue, she treasured it all and she pondered it all. What are the chaos, what's the chaos in your world right now? What are the things that have been thrown out the window for you in 2023? What are the things that have turned out differently this year to what you had hoped or expected? The things that maybe right now in this moment aren't the way that you wished that they would be. I suspect that each of us have a list, a list of chaos and confusion and pain and disappointment and Mary did too. And I think this is why Luke makes sure that within that whole story, and I think for us as we come to the end of this year, that we don't miss Mary's actions here. And that we also don't miss her similar actions later in the chapter when Jesus was 12 years old. When he had gone with his family to Jerusalem for Passover. You see, in that story, Jesus' parents had started their trip back home, thinking Jesus must just be amongst the crowd with other family members, perhaps. And they inadvertently leave 
12-year-old Jesus behind. And upon discovering that Jesus was missing, I'm sure with a large amount of panic, they returned to Jerusalem, frantically looking, where do we go? Trace our steps, where could we be? And eventually they find him in the temple courts, involved in a scriptural dialogue debate with the respected and important religious teachers of Jerusalem. And we're told that everyone who witnessed this exchange was, were amazed and impressed by Jesus' wisdom and understanding. But once again, Mary's reaction was different. She, we're told in Luke chapter 2, 51, treasured all of these things in her heart. Mary, I think, is someone for us at the end of this year and into the next year to emulate. She stored up a treasure trove of recollections, each confirming the promises that God had made to her. Some Bible commentators, they think, okay, the reason why Luke puts these little moments in the story is sort of a bit of a nod to Mary, who perhaps uh, had shared these memories with her. They think that perhaps Mary may have kept a written memoir and shared these written memoirs with New Testament writers like Luke. And so Luke writing, measure treasuring these things in her heart, could be just saying, that's my source. Mary's pondering and treasuring her moments, that's my source. But I think Luke's observation also hints at Mary's character. She was quiet, peaceful, And she was spiritually receptive. She was ready for God to work and move in her life. She reflected deeply on the events of her life. One thing that I love about the story of her with the shepherds is out of all the people in that room, who knew the most about what God was up to? It was Mary. She could have offered all of the opinions and insight and teaching and wisdom in the world. She could have clarified, she could have said, no, hold a sec, this is what I heard. Oh, no, wait, let me explain what's actually happening. But she, she didn't. She allowed other people to have their moments and to feel their feelings. She didn't have to say everything. She let other people have their moment to talk and share and teach and announce and celebrate. And as they did so, she quietly treasured and pondered. And so I want to suggest this morning that when it comes to this story and the other story, when it comes to your story this year and your story into the year ahead, when it comes to the good news that God became a baby, when it comes to the story that tells us again that God reaches out to us to meet us, to save us, that we can benefit sometimes from following Mary's example of treasuring and pondering. And I want to propose to us this morning that the arrival of Jesus into the world can be a core memory for every single Christian. This story, this good news should be and can be hidden and treasured in our hearts, captured, imprinted, held onto, analysed and contemplated. We certainly treasured it last Sunday and especially, can you believe, just on Monday. But in one sense, 
We should never stop treasuring it. When we pause to treasure and ponder God's sending of his son Jesus into the world, we can be again transformed. Paul talks about this in Romans 12, that we are transformed by the renewing of our minds, the memory of and constant contemplation of the gospel, the good news of Jesus coming into the world, can continually transform us positively, can transform our identity, our values, even to an extent the development of our personality. Jesus' arrival into the world changes everything for you and for me. And I wonder as we leave 2023, as we go into 2024, whether we would be prepared to treasure and ponder what God has done for us in sending Jesus, but also what he's done for us specifically in our lives in the year just gone by. As we take moments to reflect on what God has done for us this year, I think we also can look with confidence into 2024. It's not just about looking back and thinking, well, it's never going to be as good as that again. That was as good as it gets. That's as good as God will be to me. Maybe even if you've been through some hard times, it's, it's not like we go, well, God's faithfulness was good for me last year. That's probably as much as he's got for me. No, we can look ahead with confidence. We can think excitedly about what God is going to do ahead. We look back so that we can look forward. In Philippians 1, uh, chapter 1, verse 6, it says this, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. As we treasure and ponder God's faithful to, faithfulness to us in 2023, we can know that the same God isn't finished with us yet. We can know that he will continue to be faithful to us in 2024, that we don't have to go into 2024 sort of tired and fatigued and thinking, well, the best days are behind us. No, the best days are ahead of us, that God who has been faithful to us will want to continue to be faithful to us as we look forward. And as we treasure and we ponder Jesus as we treasure and ponder the moments that have gone before, there is a continuing hope for us. There is life for us. There is meaning and purpose and life and truth for us. God still desires to reach us. It doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter what we've done. It doesn't even matter what you did in 2023. It doesn't matter what different turns we've made in our journey. No, what matters is that God loves us so much that he sent his one and only son. We can again treasure and ponder that with confidence as we go into the year ahead. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for sending him into our world. This morning, we would want to deliberately take a moment to imprint on our memories all that you have done for us. Help us to do that. Perhaps today uh, and into tonight, Lord, that you would come to us and move us to consider those moments. Help us to recall those moments and treasure them and ponder them. Help us to treasure and ponder ultimately, God, your faithfulness, your goodness to us. We thank you for all the good gifts that you've given us, all the good moments, all the amazing things. But Lord, reinvigorate us, re-energize us now. 
refocus our attention not only to what you have done, but what you are doing even today and what you are going to do into the year ahead and help us, Lord, to be a people of faith and trust as we do so. In Jesus' mighty, precious name.